Great time to be in New Hampshire in September. Pretty soon we're going to be watching the leaves change, and uh, things are going to be different here. Hopefully we'll start opening up more as uh, we find a cure for COVID, right? That's going to happen. We'll be praying for that. And uh, I love the series that we've been doing in our church, the series on love and, and the way of love that Mark's been doing over the past several weeks. And, and really, it's, uh, you know, I like to look at it as the way of healthy love. Because, you know, we, we all love in a certain way, but it's not necessarily a healthy way. And we learn what true love looks like when we look to God and how he loves us. And God brings power to that action. As Mark explained, when we love, when we lead with love, God brings power into that love and makes things happen. And we actually experience a radical love when we make a relationship, when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he shows us a transformational love. And when you experience that love, it, it's a truth that transforms because you can't really come to Christ and have a relationship with him without being ch changed in some way, right? You can't come into that contact with God without being changed by his love. It says in 1 John that we love because he first loved us. And that love enables us to love people in a new way, in that healthy way. And it actually compels us too. So when we learn how that, what that real love looks like, it brings us and forces us into action to do stuff, right? To love other people in a different way because we can't really contain that in ourselves, can we? When you start experiencing God's love, it's not designed to just stay within you. And if you would, turn your, in your Bibles or in your devices to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want to ask you a question today in relation to this series that we just did, who do you love? Who do you love? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 13, uh, Paul uh, starts telling us in his words this. He says, if it seems that we are crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we see him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. This is a, a picture up on the screen. This is four-year-old Austin from Birmingham, Alabama. I read his story recently, and it really, uh, just really grabbed me. The cute factor is like way up here if you see the news story online. But when Austin was, uh, learned that there were actually homeless people and hungry people in the world, he decided to do something about it. So he approached his parents, and he negotiated, he negotiated with them, and he told them that if he, they would give him all the money that they would spend on his future toys, and instead buy him chicken sandwiches, <laughs> that he wanted to go out and give those chicken sandwiches to the homeless. So he, he put on his cape and his superpowers as President Austin, and he went out and he would give out these chicken sandwiches to the homeless. But he had a message. And the message was, don't forget to share the love. So there he is giving out his message and his food. 
And in the video uh, interview that he did with a local news station, he said, feeding the homeless is the highlight of my life. <laughs> Isn't that great? In Mark, or in, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Right? And as I read Austin's story, you know, I started thinking about my own ministry, and I, uh, I have done lots of ministry in, in poor neighborhoods and to the homeless, and my present position, I'm a chaplain at the state prison. So, you know, I, I deal with a lot of people, and I struggle sometimes in my own compassion in dealing with some people, you know, because some people, they're, they're a little rough around the edges. And I, and I have difficulty with that. And some of the people that I, I deal with, you know, the world may see them as unlovable. And maybe some of you feel that way too. And some people may see them as getting what they deserve. If they're in prison, you know, they, they reap what they sow. They, they kind of earn that, right? And still some people might look at them that maybe they're not even getting the wrath that they deserve. Maybe there's, you know, that they're not suffering enough. And, they're, and when we look at people's lives, maybe if we do a close examination of some people's lives, maybe, you know, from a world's point of view, that's true. And as I consider Austin's story and look at him, you know, he really doesn't know the people that he's given those chicken sandwiches to. You know, he doesn't know their backgrounds. He doesn't know what they've done. He doesn't know all their offenses and their lists of sins. You know, all he does is see people that are hungry and he feeds them. And he sees people in their need. In Matthew 13, 18, 13, it says, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of God. Who do you love today? Who are you loving in your circle of love? Over the years with the Lord, I've tried to grow in my understanding of love and try to expand both the breadth and the depth and getting various degrees of success and failure. And I try to remember that Jesus died for me, right? And that he's with me. And that I believe that he died for me and that he rose. And that's going to change me inside. And that gives me faith to continue to try harder and to go out and to believe that he's with me, that he's with me now, that wherever I go, that he's going to help me and as I go out and trust him in what I'm doing. And he tells us to do two things. For those of us that follow him, there's two things that he asks us to do, right? To love God and to love others. And when you experience the love of God, loving God is easy. It's the others, right? Isn't that the problem? It's the others that's really the challenge. And as we go out, you know, we start looking at who those others are. We start trying to love people in a different way. And the obvious ones that we start loving are the people around us, our family and our friends. And maybe that's easy for some, but for some who had dysfunctional upbringing, maybe it's not easy. You know, I came into relationships, you know, my love was a little selfish. You know, maybe it still is, my wife is right here. Maybe it's still a little self-serving, you know. But as we kind of grow, maybe we, we get healthier as we kind of know Jesus more. But loving the people immediately around us, you know, that's, that's one good place to start in loving others. 
But that's a nice circle of love right there, but we don't want to stop there, right? Because God also wants us to love believers, right? Other believers, we have to love each other as Christ loved us. That's the charge with loving believers. It's a higher level of love. Not just to love as we love ourselves, but to love as Jesus loved us. And some of you, most of you are lovable, right? Maybe, maybe some more than others. But we can love each other here. And we, we try to practice that. And when we don't get along with some, each other, it's easy to avoid people here, isn't it? When you have a large enough church. So we can kind of do it and kind of not. But maybe as we kind of grow in Christ, we can reach out to people that we don't really know that well and love them a little better, right? And that's a great kind of love when you have that circle, when your circle grows, when your circle of love grows, and that's great. And the problem is that a lot of people stop there. You know, we love our friends and our family and our church, and then we just kind of stay there. But Jesus is calling us out, right? He wants us to broaden us out. So he, he calls us out into a larger circle. And there was a Pharisee that asked him, you know, uh, who's our neighbor? You know, love your neighbor as yourself because he wanted to keep it narrow. You know, he was expecting to say, well, it's the person who lives to your left or to your right. But Jesus blows them away. And he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan, where when you see someone by the side of the road that needs you, that's your neighbor. So all the people that God providentially brings into your life, the people at work, when you go out on a business trip, right? When you're going to the store, all those strangers that you don't know, God is asking you to reach out. He's asking you to take some risk in being kind to people that you don't know. And that can be, that can be scary, right? That can be stressful as you consider it, but this is faith where we trust God and we see people in need and we reach out to them even though we don't know them. We don't know how they feel about us. We don't know who they are, right? But we, we do it anyway because we want that love that's in us to start reaching out and branching out to others. But then there's more. There's more. God wants us to reach out even beyond that. And this kind of love, this is a crazy kind of love, right? This is a kind of love that, you know, we don't understand and the world doesn't understand. And when the world sees it, they think it's crazy, right? And it's, it's so crazy, I, I hesitate to, to, to speak it to you, but I feel compelled to do it because we need it if we're really going to be surrendered to Christ. And if you want to turn to Luke chapter 6, this is a crazy love that God is calling us out to. In Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 27, Jesus, in Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Now, the first thing that I read, it's like, I'm good because I don't have any enemies, right? And I know you're thinking that too because we're always trying to narrow. But if you're a follower of Christ, 
and you're living and following Jesus, you have enemies. You have people that want to thwart you. You have an enemy, Satan, that opposes you. And if you're out trying to do good in the world, there are those who want to stop you. And I know in this room that there are people that hate you or have hated you. There are people that have hurt you. And there are people that have cursed you. I know this. We all have that in our lives. And Jesus is asking something scary. That we love them. The way of love, that healthy love. And in case you might have thought that this is a typo, right? What Jesus is saying, he continues with this in verse 32. He says, if you only love those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you only give to those or do good to those who do good to you, why should we give you any credit for that? Even sinners do that much. It's like loving only people that love you is like showering and brushing your teeth before you go to work and expecting a reward. Right? It's like, that's, that's what you do. Okay, Jesus is saying, you know, loving others the way that love you, that's good. Right? But that's, that's what you do. Following me, I want you to go further. And in case you don't think that it's important, Jesus says it again in verse 36. He says, love your enemies and do good to them. Lend to them without expecting. Lending was a thing, just put it aside for now. Then your reward from heaven will be great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate as your father is compassionate. Anybody here ever been unkind and wicked? You're here because Jesus is compassionate and sent someone into your life and gave you a message of love. And then he sums up these comments along with the rest of the sermon that he was giving in verse 46. And he says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Jesus really wants us to do this with the abundance of love that he's poured into us. It's like that love was not meant just for us, right? It was meant to be shared with the world. And I hope that as, as you're hearing this, I hope you feel a little bit uncomfortable, right? I hope you're feeling a little bit twinged because that means you're understanding what Jesus is saying. I imagine Jesus spoke these words to the people and heard them for the first time. A people who were oppressed, a people who were occupied by an army, and what they must have felt hearing those words from Jesus and felt the same way. And I want to ask you, who do you love? You know, has your love extended out to your neighbors and to the people that, who oppose you? Has your love extended out to people who have hurt you and people who've persecuted you and even to people who have hated you? And has your love extended out 
to people that you have hurt, that you have opposed, to people that you may have persecuted, or maybe even that you've hated? Has your love, Jesus' love, overcome the bitterness in your life and the anger and the unforgiveness and all the fear and all the pride in your life? Have you let God come into your life to the point where you have surrendered to him and given control of the things to him that control you? Are you ready and willing to love in a way that's crazy to the world but brings glory to your father? I hope that you can look at Jesus in a new way, right? We can't love people this way until we die to ourselves and start living for Christ and allowing him to control us and transform us. And the key to being able to do this is in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 5. When we start seeing Jesus as he is, at one time you saw Jesus as a good teacher. You saw him as a good person, right? And when we see good teachers, we think of them for a moment and then we go on. But when we see Jesus as Lord of our lives, when we see Jesus as the one who brings life, when we see him as the creator of the world, we see him differently. And when we see him that way and he transforms us, we start seeing the world differently. Do you see the world differently now that you have come to Christ? How differently do you see it? Do you see people differently? When you look out at people, do you still see bitterness and resentment, people that hurt you, people that resent you? Do you see people that don't agree with you? Or do you see people that are hungry and need the bread of life? Do you see people that are thirsty and need living water? Do you see sinners in need of a savior and have the compassion of, the, of our Father to go out and reach them? to bring him glory. When I was younger, I grew up in a city welfare project. My mom was a single parent. And it was a vile, violent place. And I remember I came home from school one day and my, in front of my apartment, uh, there was a crowd. And my mom was in a grip with another woman and their nails were literally digging into each other's face and nobody was there to break it up they were all cheering another time cops came into the neighborhood and they had a gun battle and shot somebody I used to go to school and, or go to play baseball and I'd get jumped around blind corners and I was a little guy so I didn't win very many fights and uh, I hated that place and I remember as a young teenager, we moved, and I was so happy to get out of there because I hated that place and the people. I hated the people. And when we left that place, I never thought of it again. I never wondered what it was like, what was happening there. I never thought about the people, whatever happened to them, what became of them. None of it. I was just so happy to be gone. And I carried a bitterness and a fear of those people my whole life. But over the past 
20 years of ministry, God has been bringing me into poor neighborhoods, into a homeless ministry, and into the prisons, back to those very people that I've been running away from most of my life. And I want to tell you that there's been a healing in my heart that I don't see them the same way. That those experiences in my heart have turned into compassion for wanting to bring a message of life back into those communities. Jesus is calling us out to those people that have hurt us, that have opposed us, that have persecuted us, and maybe to those same people that we have done those things to. And he wants to bring the overflow of the love that he has given us and bring them into those communities. Are you willing to listen? Right? To those who are willing to listen. At GCC, we have opportunities for you to go out into the community. We're connected to some great organizations like Rise Again and CareNet and Faith Promise, foster care families, New American Africans. We also have something that we're doing with our life groups called Community Transformation Grants where we want to fund your projects in the community to go out and love people that are maybe unlovable. We want you to be enabled to go out and share the love of Christ that is flowing through you. Do you feel compelled to go out? Is God speaking to you to use the love that you have to share with others? I hope so. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Thank you.